On March 2nd, 1783, an article appeared in a periodical called C.F. Kramer's Magazine of Music, an article written by an organist named Christian Gottlob Neef. Two years before, in 1781, Neef had been appointed court organist for the city of Bonn, at which time he took on as a student a 10-year-old local named Ludwig van Beethoven. Neef's article was intended to introduce his young charge to the larger German musical community. He wrote, in part, and I quote, Louis van Beethoven is a boy of very promising talent. He plays the piano in a very finished manner, reads at sight, and plays the well-tempered clavier of Sebastian Bach. Those who are familiar with this collection of preludes and fugues in every key, which one could practically call the ultimate of our art, will understand the significance of this." Unquote. Yes, the ultimate of our art. While Neef made that statement in 1783, before the composition of any of the piano works featured in this course, his appraisal still holds. Johann Sebastian Bach's The Well-Tempered Clavier remains the single most influential and pedagogically important keyboard work ever composed. It was The Well-Tempered Clavier that kept Bach's name alive during the decades of obscurity that followed his death in 1750. Throughout the second half of the 18th century and well into the 19th century, the well-tempered clavier was considered to be the basic manual for keyboard training. Wolfgang Mozart was introduced to the well-tempered clavier by his Viennese patron, Baron Gottfried von Swieten, in 1783. It was an introduction that changed Mozart's life. Mozart immediately arranged five of Bach's fugues for strings, a work cataloged as Kirschel 405. Mozart played the well-tempered clavier constantly to the pleasure of his wife, Constanza, who loved it. In a letter dated April 12, 1783, Mozart wrote, and I quote, When Constanza heard the fugues, she fell hopelessly in love with them. She wants now to hear nothing but fugues. As she has heard me play fugues, she asked me if I'd ever written any down. And when I said no, she told me off. She didn't stop begging me until I'd written one down for her. And that's how it all came about, unquote. Yeah, the it Mozart refers to is the polyphonic intensity and complexity that crept into his later music, inspired without any doubt by the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. Frederick Chopin was weaned on both books of the well-tempered clavier, 48 preludes and fugues in all, and carried the works by heart for the rest of his life. In the 1830s, Robert Schumann referred to the well-tempered clavier as the pianist's daily bread. When the unmanned Voyager space explorer was launched in 1977, it carried a recording of a prelude and fugue from the well-tempered clavier. Speaking admittedly for myself, I can think of few, if any, earthly constructs more likely to arouse the interest and envy of extraterrestrials than the well-tempered clavier of Bach. What is referred to as the well-tempered clavier is actually 
two separate sets of compositions, book one and book two. Each book contains 24 sets of preludes and fugues, one prelude and fugue in each major and minor key. Book one is a mix-and-match collection that evolved from a series of preludes that Bach compiled for his son, Wilhelm Friedmann, in 1720. Over the next two years, Bach extended and added to the collection until, in 1722, he went public with an album of 24 preludes and fugues. Book one of the Well-Tempered Clavier proved to be so popular that between 1738 and 1742, Bach composed a second set of 24 new preludes and fugues, which was issued as Book Two. That Bach intended both books of the Well-Tempered Clavier